Dun dun dun. Jason, I have oh. headphones in. I'm sorry. My bad. I was just so excited to be here. Even with the uh, Texans losing, the Cowboys coming back and winning, the Astros looking bleak at best, you're still excited to be here. I think there's a lot to uh, bitch about in this episode. <laughs> I think there is, too. Well, so, like I said, we'll have the Texans, the Cowboys, crazy comeback, high school football, Rockport upsets Corpus Christi Miller, the Astros playoff chances not looking too great, and the NBA is, uh, we're about to have two of our two NBA finalists. The best thing going on this weekend is high school football. Man, have you seen the UFC card, though? No. All right, we'll have all this and more right here on the Ride On Sports Podcast. This is the Ride On Sports Podcast with Jason Casera and Gabe Myers, your best source for local sports talk. The Ride On crew will be highlighting all your favorite local teams and everything else the world of sports has to offer from right here in the Coastal Bend. All right, we are back, and in the words of Jason Casera, we have a lot to bitch about today. We really do. It's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, uh, Houston sports have not been kind to us. It's like a dark cloud. It's it's almost as if the city is constantly flooded. And it is right now. <laughs> uh, you know what someone told me this week? I was talking to a friend I hadn't talked to in a while. He told me that Tim Duncan was overrated. Oh, wow. I was afraid I wouldn't be able to do this podcast. I didn't have a voice after that. I wouldn't even say that. As, as not being a Spurs fan, I'm not anti-Spurs, but I was never really a fan. Right. But Timmy D, not overrated. No yeah, he, he was saying Duncan's one of the most overrated players of all time. And there's these Laker fans now that are starting to say Anthony Davis is better than Tim Duncan. I'm like, okay, come on. He has a long way to go to prove that. He's Tim Duncan has won more championships and Anthony Davis has won playoff series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's there's a long way to go. People get excited for the here and now and and people get upset for the here and now as well. Yeah, and speaking of being upset for the here and now, I can't imagine the Houston Texans are too happy um after losing what was it, thirty four to twenty to, or no, I was they lost thirty four to twenty to the Chiefs. They lost to the Ravens convincingly. Um I think thirty one to sixteen, something like that. Yeah, I will look it up. It was right. very flat. Thirty three to sixteen. Thirty three to sixteen. Um, sixteen points. I'm okay with it because if you listen to the to the gambling podcast, I had the Ravens <laughs> minus seven. Um Yeah, yeah. I I, I you could have the Ravens minus uh thirty five, you know. I mean they wouldn't they wouldn't but have covered minus thirty. It's not surprising that the Texans lost the game. I think what bothers me more is just very uninspired play in only week two. And by uninspired, I mean everybody just looks checked out. Um, I heard on something I was listening to about Bill O'Brien may have already lost the locker room the moment he traded DeAndre Hopkins. And I hate to keep talking about that trade, but I feel like that is a poison pill for that franchise right now. I mean, the Cardinals are 2-0, and and D-Hop has looked great. Kyler Murray's a good. Kyler has looked awesome. Yeah, and he's looked how you want Deshaun to look. And maybe Deshaun's just feeling a little deflated because when he throws to receivers who can't catch and he, the one that could catch is gone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's going to piss you off a little bit. Yeah. And then, you know, Kiki QT has the big oh fumble. God. And well, you, you mentioned it. Did Will they cut Fo- him yet? No, they have not cut him yet. And I actually like Kiki. I think because remember his rookie year, he was so good. Yeah. And then O'Brien put him in a doghouse and he just has never been the same player since. He really hasn't. And I then, think he's going to be one of those guys that will get cut by the Texans, get picked up by a functional organization, <laughs> and be really good. We've seen that happen before. Yeah. I mean, in literally almost the same <laughs> circumstance with a guy fumbling a ball, and then he gets picked up by the other team, and then goes on and wins a title with them. Yeah. Hmm, how ironic. So, but it's just, it's, 
it's thin, man. It's really thin. And even the line, the offensive line, not looking like they even want to be there. And you know, it's like in the in the pre-show <laughs> when we were discussing our things, pre-show production meetings. Our production meeting. Um, we're talking about Deshaun and how he's playing, but as soon as he hikes the ball, there's people in the backfield, and even on on the left tackle side, you know, Tunzel's getting blown up, or you have a cornerback coming in on a on a blitz untouched, while the tight end doesn't. You know, check that. I mean, at least just bump the guy well, off the off the. I mean, Deshaun's never been great at like. Just I I never felt he was great at adjusting protection or identifying blitzes pre snap. Mm-hmm. Um, disappointed in Tunsil. I actually thought week one. I didn't think the line played too bad. Right. I this, think they played better this week. They didn't look good. I think Baltimore's gonna make a lot of offensive lines look pretty bad this year. Um, Would you say Kansas City's? D-line, though, is about equal to Baltimore's. If not, I mean, they have a lot of strong I mean, guys. They got line. Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Yeah. Um, I think Baltimore is a better defensive team. I think they're better coached. Well, I think with Baltimore also, Baltimore is better defensive personnel all around. I think mm-hmm. Kansas City may have the better defensive line. Or they have two stars on it, and Baltimore just has the one with Calais Campbell. But mm-hmm. Baltimore has better they, – they are more creative as far as their blitz packages. Like, they send guys after the quarterback – um, because they have such good corners, they mm-hmm. can. I mean, you saw the, you saw the interception Marcus Peters made oh my on Deshaun, gosh. And, and Deshaun can't do anything about that. Yeah, I mean, that, I that was that a was great really play. Bad throw. That guy jumped opposite of his direction. I mean, I was like playing Madden, and, uh, yeah. and you throw in, and the guy just comes out of nowhere to <laughs> yeah, the ball, li- and you're like, what the hell was that? Yeah, literally. If I was playing Madden and someone did that to me, I'd be like, oh, that would never happen in real life. Yeah, but we actually Marcus saw- Peters. Yeah, I mean, that's why I think he got a $54 million contract this offseason, and yeah. that's why. Um, he's great. And so yeah. they have Jimmy Smith, who's also really, really good. They have Marlon Humphrey, who's also really, really good. So, I mean, the Baltimore secondary is just awesome, and they're able to send a lot They're able to send a lot of stuff. But, yeah, Houston just looked lifeless on offense. It really did, and it was it – was, I cut it in the second half. I think it was some sometime in the second half. I was just like, we're going to find other things to do <laughs> today because <laughs> – I'm not ruining my Sunday watching this trash, and uh, and I felt better for it. Yes. So. so, do you think is it asking too much of Deshaun to have to carry this team because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have a reliable receiver. Heck, he doesn't have a reliable running back. He doesn't have a reliable offensive line. You're asking Deshaun Watson to do everything. Yeah, I think it's just too much. I don't want to say it's too much pressure for him. I just think it's just too much to ask of him. Like I think he can handle the pressure, but he's also going to be critiqued and be blamed and that's not really fair i don't think not whenever you have a mindless gm slash head coach dismantling the roster yeah. in a sense yeah so i want so with o'brien and even putting the hopkins trade aside like this is a hand pit o'brien's been there what six years now seven this is seventh Se- season. seven year so seventh year like this is a hand-picked bill o'brien roster this is his whole team yeah. this is his team there's no I mean, like, J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless are the only guys that are, like, pre-O'Brien. And, yeah, and he, I would think you so. You know, he, he's given those guys contract extensions, so those are his guys. Yeah. But this lot. is a hand-picked O'Brien roster, and they're not talented. They're not very good. No. Well, because he's let the good guys go. I mean, not re-signing Bouye. Why? Why, why not keep Kareem around? I know that you're getting to, like, veteran and, and price your salaries, but... Better than what you got right now. Well, yeah, I understand because his in Houston, it was always he doesn't have a great work ethic, and 
you never get excited about paying guys who don't have great work ethics $80 million. But is that what they said about them, or do we know that? I mean, that was the – I mean, even before, like, because he was very inconsistent before his contract mm-hmm. year, and that was always the reputation on him. Now, okay. again, I'm not at Texan practices. Yeah, yeah. I'm not in the facility every day. But that was the reputation he had mm-hmm. before his contract year. Mm-hmm. And then when he performed big time, I actually think Boye, part of the reason he played so well in Jacksonville that first year was because of the spite he had towards Houston for yeah. not offering him a big time contract and saying, hey, I'm going to show you. And he played really, really well in Jacksonville. And he's still a really, really good corner. When he also had Jalen Ramsey across from him at that point. Yeah, he too. did. I mean, that was just that, a, helps. that Jacksonville defense was just really I mean, they were filled with top five picks and big money signings. Imagine being a Jacksonville fan. You do you feel even worse than we do. Uh, Although uh, they're they one and bright one. spots. They always they, have bright spots. They yeah. have a better record than the Texans <laughs> right now. They always have these little like upticks of talent or something. They play above their means, it seems well, like. Well, it's because they have a top five pick every year, so they, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. should have talent. And then they trade him away two or three years later. Yeah, I know. They and trade, for what? I don't know. You know Jalen Ramsey called being traded from Jacksonville the happiest day of his life? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, Jalen Ramsey has won a national championship, won two playoff games, and had a kid. Yeah. And he called that the happiest day of his life. Isn't that wild? So, I mean, there are worse run franchises in the NFL, but... Oh, the Jets. Very few. Yeah, the Jets. <laughs> I mean, the, they're... Oh, man. The the Bill Belichick thing. Like, the reason... You know, he didn't want to stay there. He was, like, what, there a day? Yeah. And he quit? Or was trade... Technically, he was traded he to was New traded, England. He was traded, yeah. I mean, that's, that says a lot, man. That says a lot. And But I, I, but I worry about Houston kind of... Going this route, so they have an interesting matchup with the Steelers this weekend. Oh gosh, we and think Deshaun's getting pressure right now. Wait till he runs in that yeah, Steelers TJ, front four. JJ's gonna be like, "Hey, take, can you take it easy?" Why did JJ go off on uh, Ross Blacklock? What happened there? Do you have any idea? Oh, it was like post game. He like he bitched about something that that uh, Ross Blacklock did, and I have no idea. I've never really dug into it because JJ doesn't really bitch about things like that. No, he's usually the corporate guy, and it's all the good lines. Um, you know, after a game they lose, he's always like, well, we just, we got to try a little harder. I just, this is unacceptable. Oh, so it, mad. it was Blacklock got ejected. That's what it was. Oh, and, and he, he's yeah. saying that was, uh, yeah, like it was stupid and selfish. Yeah. Like it was going to make a difference in that game. That's like celebrating a sack when you're down by like, you know, 15 or whatever. But I think it happened in the first, of. I mean, it happened in the first half, I think. Now yeah. I don't think it would have made a difference in the game, but <sighs> it's. Like Blacklock, he was their, you know, he was their second round pick, but that was their right. first pick in the draft, and he was, you know, he was a talented guy. But maybe you need some guys to be a little edgy, and throw a blow every now and then. Yeah, but you don't I want mean, him getting ejected. Man, I don't know. It's just they're so boring. I think that's what it is. Is the Texans are boring, and there's nothing that there's no reason for me to watch them on Sundays except to see. If by chance they exceed expectations, <laughs> like I'll watch them play the Steelers because I want to see. You know, I want to see like. How Deshaun might play against a good team like that. I have no interest in seeing what the Steelers do against the Texans, but man, I so I when so what's funny is because I always look at I'm starting to look at things from more and more of a gambling perspective because I've <laughs> renounced my football fandom. Yeah. Um and I looked at it and if you would have bet this line a week ago to Texans and the Steelers, the Steelers would have been five point favorites. Now it's down to three and a half. Hmm. Why? Um what are your thoughts on that? So Dave, I, what are your thoughts on that? I go two ways. Um, first way I go is, okay, the Texans have the quarterback advantage. Deshaun's better than Big Ben. Um, 
And then you're getting a team that's 2-0. and So, And also, remember, the Steelers beat Denver, who had Jeff Driscoll playing quarterback by five points at home this weekend. And their other one was against the Giants, who are just atrocious in yeah. all areas. Yeah. Um, they're so pretty the Steel- thin on so talent. So the Steelers are 2-0, and yeah. but they're over, like they're probably an overvalued 2-0 and team, although I think their defense is legit. Yeah. Um, while the Texans, they're 0-2, but they lost to probably the best two teams in the league. And For sure. the Chiefs and the Ravens. Yeah. So it, I I look at it that way. Like, okay, the Texans probably undervalued. Chiefs probably overvalued. But I also look at it as the Texans offensive line is bad, and they don't have a reliable receiver, and the Steelers have the best pass rush in the NFL. So I think it's a bad matchup from that perspective. It's, yeah. a, it's a really, really bad matchup for Houston because I don't see how they're going to keep T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, and Bud Dupree off of Deshaun. Three bad matchups in a row. Thanks, NFL. Yeah, and then next week it's the well. The Vikings suck right now. Vikings look bad, man. They look. And they're cold. they're married to a. Uh, they're married to Kirk Cousins. Wow. Yeah, they gave him a contract extension this offseason. So again, there are more poorly ran franchises. No, the Vikings are well run. I think the Vikings will be. They've fine. had a good defense for a while. Uh, I thought trading away Stephon Diggs was kind of weird. Um, I don't I don't know what they got out of that or why was he gonna get paid or something like that. I just, uh, he him and Zimmer didn't really get along. This has gone on for years. Like that, him and Mike Zimmer did not like get along. What do you think about valuable players over coaches? I think the NFL is a little bit different than say in baseball and even basketball. Where to me sometimes with the depends NBA, on how man. good the coach is and how good and what position the player plays. Now, if my coach is bickering with my quarterback. Then I'm firing the coach. Yeah, and we've seen that happen. Um, now, if it's a receiver, like the Vikings, they have Adam Thielen, who's another good receiver. And they drafted Justin Jefferson in the draft, who I think is going to be a very good receiver. Yeah, they have, I think so too. They have Dalvin Cook, a really good running back, and Zimmer's a defensive guy, and they have some good defensive players. Now, I had to replace some guys. I think they'll ultimately be fine. Um, but the Vikings have looked bad, but I don't think they've looked bad because they've traded Stephon Diggs. They got more out of that trade, though, than Houston did. Yeah, so. that's what always bothers me. Although Bill O'Brien would tell you they got David Johnson, even though he's— A great running back. He's got good character. Yeah. All right, Brian. Okay, so he, so of these three 0-2 teams, the Texans, the Eagles, and the Vikings, who do you think makes the playoffs out of those three? Eagles. You would pick Philly? Yeah. I, I would, as long as Wentz is healthy. But I think their receiving core is still kind of uh, beat up, right? Like, I, I know that they don't have— um, uh, I'm not going to think of his name. The guy that played at Abilene Christian, who used to be a bear, and now he's a oh. eagle. Oh, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> but I know the. Um, I mean, the Eagles have looked bad. I mean, Alshon all three. Jefferson. All, Jefferson, oh, Alshon, right. Alshon Jeffrey played at South Carolina. Jeffries. Didn't he play at ACU too? No. See, now we got to look it up. I'm look it up. <laughs> no, see. I think so. What's funny is I had all three of those teams in the playoffs before the season started. I thought all three. I thought all three of those teams would. Make the playoffs, and I thought two of them would win their division. I had Houston as a wild card. Who was another good Bears receiver that played with him, Alshon Jeffrey? Back I in the day. No, this idea. guy he was at ACU, and then he. Are went you talking to, about Taylor uh, Gabriel? No, because he played at ACU. Let's see. You keep talking. I'm gonna look this up. Okay, now. but no. So ACU. I thought I, I did think that the Eagles uh, and Vikings would win their divisions. Now Aaron Rodgers looks like a man possessed right now, so I don't yeah. think the Vikings have much of a chance. Do you remember so, that time whenever I said I have Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson on my fantasy team and I think I need to trade one? And you said you should trade Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I was wrong. Listen, I haven't traded either, but I Good. mean, but I'm thinking, but see, right now I can't get anything for Deshaun. 
You know? Yeah, that's true. Just ho- just hold on he to. He just both. hasn't now performed. Wait, wait till a most big, quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Wait till a quarterback gets hurt. Yeah, and that's what you got to do. And that'll happen. I mean, yeah. nobody had Drew Locke, so I can't go there. But well, so I actually drafted Josh Allen and Carson Wentz, thinking I would just platoon them. But then uh, first two weeks, I started Josh Allen, and he's been incredible. Uh, he's yeah. a number, he's a number two quarterback in fantasy right now. Ugh. So I think I might just stick with him for a while. I don't even know if Carson Wentz is on the trade block. He might just get cut. <laughs> like for for me, not from the Eagles. But is that does that back up that argument I was trying to have with you about overpaying quarterbacks? No, because Josh Allen is getting paid what, you know, not not Deshaun. Oh, numbers, obviously, oh no, but like I mean, he's, he's still on his rookie deal. Decent. Yeah, he's, he's, he's on his rookie contract. He's probably getting like what five seven a year or something like that. Something like that. And he'll he'll get paid more whenever it comes time, but he's not going to receive that kind of money. But he could be, he'd probably average in a, like a top ten quarterback for the next few years, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, right now he might be. This might be an, an, an anomaly, but after last year's playoff game. I thought that dude's heart and soul was huge. I mean, he he was mindless in a good way in that game. But he so he will he's on his the formula is draft a good young quarterback, mm-hmm. build around them while you're paying them pennies compared to what the rest of the quarterback market is. Mm-hmm. Then eventually you have to pay them, and then you just got to work it around that because you can't be without a good quarterback. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Yeah, so that's why you have to pay quarterbacks what they are worth. Now, I mean, like Jimmy Garoppolo, when he signed his contract, it was like the second highest contract in the league. He was a throw away from winning the Super Bowl last year. Aaron Rodgers is like the th- he is at, last year. I think he was the highest paid quarterback in the <laughs> NFL. How quickly that changes. Yeah, uh, but he was highest paid quarterback in the NFL. He was one game away from a Super Bowl. Yeah. Russell Wilson, super highly paid quarterback. He was in the NFC, you know, he was in the divisional round. Kirk Cousins, another guy who we don't think he's probably a middle of the road quarterback. Very highly paid, though. He was in the divisional round. I think you have to pay your quarterbacks. Um, because if you don't pay your what because what's the alternative to not paying your quarterback? But what I'm saying is like you could have a guy like Josh Allen who's not gonna get forty million a year. He's when his contract comes up, he'll get in the thirties though. If could, he plays this way, he's going to get I guess 40s. what I'm trying to say is, like, having a value-level quarterback is, I, I think, pretty solid, man. But the only value-level quarterbacks are young guys who you just drafted. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, you're stuck with, like, Tyrod Taylor, who <laughs> look at what the Chargers looked like with Justin Herbert this weekend. Yeah. As opposed to week one with Tyrod Taylor. My man. When they couldn't move the ball on— um, Go Bolts. What? No, I was—yeah, no, I, I thought Justin Herbert looked great. Um, yeah. And I liked him coming out of the draft, too. But I think, um, but Tyrod Taylor, like he couldn't move the ball in the Bengals, versus Justin Herbert, the rookie who comes in, you are like he's looking really, really good against the defending Super Bowl champ, the Chiefs. The Chiefs, yeah. I mean, he looked really, yeah, really good. Yeah, and the Chiefs good. had to win on a field goal, right? In yeah, time? a fifty-eight yard field goal. Wow, wow. But Houston couldn't even be competitive. Come on, man. No, but I mean, Chargers, the, the Chargers, Chargers have a better roster. Yeah. Um, but oh, Nick Bosa. Yeah, a lot of guys Ouch. tore their ACL. Um, yeah, ACL no, but weekend. what I was saying though is like Tyrod Taylor is the ep- epitome of like a value level quarterback that you're talking about. The Bills got rid of him for Josh Allen. The Chargers are ten times better on offense with Justin Herbert, a guy who started his first NFL game over Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. So it's there. There, I don't think you can't be competitive. 
with a value level quarterback. What you're saying is the Jags can't win with uh, Gordon Minshew. Well, even Gardner Minshew's Gardner in his second Minshew, year. Yeah. Like we, I, I like I don't think like I don't think Gardner Minshew's gonna become a star or anything. But he, he's in his second year, so we he's don't gonna start know. in his own right. Like in we, his own world. We don't know anything. Like Gardner Minshew started like 15 games. Like we don't know that much about him. No, I, we don't. We really that, don't. That, that, that's a thing. So I like we're still figuring these guys out. So yeah. so when you say a value level quarterback, if it's a if it's a young guy that you drafted, yes, you can win with him. Look at the Chiefs last year with Mahomes. Look at the Baltimore Ravens. Look at uh heck, even Houston. Like that's how you're supposed to do it. You get a young guy and while you're not paying them much and they're playing at a high level, you sign a bunch of free agents. But eventually you have to pay your quarterback. Because look at the teams without um the teams without good quarterback play. Look at the Bengals last year. They went two and fourteen. Yeah. Like they're like that's when you don't have a good quarter. Look at the Browns forever. I don't even think they have, I don't think Baker's the answer <laughs> now. Um, but the Browns forever sucked. Why? Because they never had a decent quarterback. You have to have a good quarterback, so you have to pay these guys what they're worth. Yeah, Baker's not even in the top twenty-five for yards. Well, because the Browns' strength is their running backs. Here he is. He's passed for four hundred and eight yards in two games. Josh Allen had more than that. Off Sixty-two attempts. Joe Burrow. Passed 61 times against the Browns Holy on Thursday cow. night. Really? Yeah. And I wasn't the biggest Burrow guy, but he looked good. Um, but moving on to our favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys. Ugh. Hey, they had a gr- – I, I, I will give the Cowboys credit. Obviously, they won the game. Crazy comeback against Atlanta. I think that's more of an indictment on Atlanta than it was the Cowboys being really good. Atlanta but, likes to choke. But I'm going to give the Cowboys credit here because yeah. how many teams – would have just how many teams would have just mailed it in? Houston, yeah. Every yeah. time they get down, they mail it in. Yeah, like how many? When's the last time you've seen them make a comeback in a game? The playoff game, but I mean, but how? But my point is, how many teams <laughs> down twenty points would have just said, okay, like yeah. just mentally checked out? Just, Dallas, Dak Prescott, and Dallas Cowboys did not. Their coaching staff did not. The defense did not. The offense did not. Special teams did not. Clearly on the onside kick, everybody stayed physically and mentally engaged in that game. Major credit to the Dallas Cowboys for finishing that off. I mean, Atlanta had to make a few bad had to make a few bad plays there at the end, but Dallas was there to capitalize on yeah, it. Yeah, things got to go your way a little bit there, especially with onside kicks now because you can't get the running start. Yeah, I mean that's that's hard to get an onside kick. So, um, yeah, they pulled that off, and that is that's pretty miraculous, honestly. And Dak, what did he throw for like four hundred and fifty yards or something yeah. like that? I mean, it's just as last week we were talking about how. The Cowboys have this game manager. Well, even like even against um uh, like Atlanta was in prevent defense though for most of the second half because they had mm-hmm. such a big lead. So I don't like put that much stock into the yards thrown. Um because Atlanta was just way too conservative defensively and they were just letting receivers on crossing routes run wide open. Um I didn't think I mean, I give Dallas credit for staying engaged. I thought that was um like it's hard to do that when you're down by that many points. Um, but I didn't watch this game and think, oh, this cements Dak Prescott <laughs> as one but, of those top-tier quarterbacks. But he'll, no. he'll, he'll have, like, two games a year like this. Where he'll, he'll have impressive well, numbers. Well, this is what Dak has been the last three years. And he'll get to he, use that. He plays well against bad teams, bad defenses yeah. with Atlanta. But you should. Yeah. But you definitely then, should take advantage of that. But then when you play good teams, he, he shrinks. Yeah. He doesn't play very well. They're playing Seattle this week, who I actually think 
My favorite bet of the week, actually, is in this game. You'll have to listen to the gambling podcast. See which yeah, side yeah. I'm on. Can you give us a tease, Gabe? My tease is Seattle has the worst defensive line in football. Really? Worst I've seen. They have a hell of an offense. Russell Wilson's playing they, they, they have a great off. They have great quarterback, great skill position guys. Yeah. They don't have a good offensive line, and they don't have a good defensive line. What's going on with Rob Gronkowski in Tampa? Why is he even there? I think he's there as like he's just, Brady's BFF. Yeah, just to keep Brady happy. Something like that. You see Brady's uh, Instagram video. Do you follow him on Instagram? I do, but I didn't see the video. He was so happy to get that win. I mean, Brady would be, he's your prototype spokesperson for whatever you're doing. That guy's so happy and smiling, and everything is, what, jubil? Jubilee? Jubilant. Jubilant, yeah. Like, he's just, it's, he could talk about a bag of shit and have a smile <laughs> on his face and sell it to you. Like, he's my spokesperson. I, I like Tom Brady, like the guy Tom Brady. Uh-huh. I would never liked playing against him, not that I did, but, you know, when the Houston <laughs> played against him. Because you just knew, even in those games where Houston got up, it was like it's Tom Brady, man, and we're the Houston Texans. That year that that our guys wore uh, Letterman jackets up oh, there, gosh. so embarrassing. Whose idea was that? And you know, but it was they got up in that game and then and then didn't. <laughs> but so I only brought that up because I was over here looking at stats and stuff, and I was thinking about tight ends, and I was like, Jordan Aiken still looks pretty good, and then. Uh, then you thought, oh, Gronk's done literally nothing. Yeah, and you're like, because I had him on a fantasy team, and I was like, man, I'm gonna. You know, he's going to be uh, his 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 clutch or his crutch, his crutch, and nothing. I, he targeted him, I think, one time in this last game, and it's just kind of weird. So, um, you know, it's like, who's looking worse right now, Jason Witten or Rob Gronkowski? Man, Witten can't run, like, five yards down the field. And I heard about Gronk, too. It was like, I think he might have actually had a catch or something. They said... I mean, yeah, and I know when bad. we and I so I didn't watch this game that closely. Um, I was watching the Saints game. I watched very closely. Um, he had one catch in that Saints game, and he like he didn't he didn't he looked like he had retired from football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he looked like a guy who just came out of retirement. Was just... How about those Las Vegas Raiders? Man, I uh, what's going on there? I'm mad at the Saints for. Um, I would have had a four in one week if the Saints wouldn't have played atrocious. <laughs> yeah, like I, so. Is that all it was? Is they just played bad? I mean, I watched the game and I did not think the Raiders played that well. Because Derek Carr, I mean, I've heard that Derek Carr's look pretty good. His numbers look good. So, like the first quarter, he was terrible. After that, he was solid. Um, but I, I watched the game and I was, I just, the Saints are supposed to have this really good defensive line, and it is a talented defensive line. And the Raiders were without their starting right tackle, Trent Brown, who's the highest-paid offensive lineman, or I guess now second, now, now that Tunsil's high, highly paid. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the highest-paid offensive linemen in the NFL. And they had an undrafted rookie blocking Cam Jordan, who's an all-pro player. And Cam Jordan never got any pressure on Derek Carr. Derek Carr had all day to sit back there and throw. Nobody in after the first quarter got any pressure on Derek Carr. Hmm. Like, he had just... Clean pocket, you know, he... No, How he, lucky. Yeah. Well, because um, honestly, usually he doesn't. That guy's usually getting yeah, roped, man. And I would... Like, a big reason why I thought the Saints were going to win, I thought, one, the Raiders' defense is not very good, um, which it's not. And uh, I thought the Michael Thomas loss wouldn't affect him too much, but Drew Brees did not play very well. Um, and then number two, I felt even better. I doubled down on it personally. 
I went and I doubled down once I saw that Trent Brown was out. And I'm like, oh, Cam Jordan's going to eat the Oakland defense. <laughs> because Oakland, like their best tight end, Darren Waller, he's not a blocker. He's a receiving tight and end. he had a field day. Yeah, and he had a field day on Malcolm Jenkins and whatever other poor soul had to cover him. <laughs> um, but I was watching that game and I was like, oh, like I, th- I thought coming in Cameron Jordan was going to have a – he was going to feast on the Oakland offensive line. Cameron Jordan did absolutely nothing. He, he was uh, – he wasn't visible on the field. He did nothing. And mm. Darren Waller just ate that Saints secondary alive. Drew Brees was – Drew Brees did not look good. Um, that's scary for us. If you're a Saints fan, that's got to be scary because the Raiders are one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Darren but now I've, I've I have two losses in gambling this year. Or, no, I have three now. But two of them are betting against the Raiders. So I, I don't think. And now it's going to happen to you. I, you're going to bet for the Raiders, right? And then they're going to lose. Well, they're they're minus six or they're plus six against New England this week. I'm not. I'm going to stay away from that game. Yeah, that's hard, man, because you just don't know what to expect with New England. I mean, they took Seattle down to the rope. Yeah. Well, six. Yeah, six. And I found a, myself going for the Pats because I, I, I didn't. I had <laughs> my favorite bet of the week was Seattle minus four, which it covered. It covered. We had a winning week. I, I like seeing Cam play well. I don't know why. I, he has a Cam has was a fun to watch. Selling smile, man. You like seeing that kid happy. And I say kid. He's probably in his thirties now. I guess but. he is. He's thirty one. <laughs> but you know, I like seeing that personality come mm-hmm. out of him. And after that game, he was pissed. He was unhappy. And that's good. I mean, he's in. But that means he's in it. He's enjoying what he's doing right now. Um, I thought it was. Maybe it was the best play they had to choose from to run him. Okay, there, so I actually like the play call. It's hard. I mean, it's easy to second guess it because of what happened is they just, you know. Well, it's because. The line went invisible and they just the, like trounced. Seattle through. hadn't stopped that play the entire game. But now you're at the goal line and, well, they were what, like three out, something like that? Two yards. It was like one or two. And but Seattle, games on the line. I just Seattle think it's different. Had, Seattle hadn't stopped it all game. Yeah. But they did. They're. They did, so, but, I'm, but I'm saying I like the play call because it was they hadn't stopped it all game. Yeah. Cam six six two fifty. But so, but they know that you're going to call that play then, right? They're like, oh, we haven't stopped this all game, so they're probably going to run this play, and they're no, they just know what they're looking for. I mean, he he, I, he I got honest, nowhere. I honestly thought it was just a great play by that safety to blow up the fullback and get at Cam's feet. The whole line got blown up though. Well, no, I mean, but what had happened, so they had a fullback in front of Cam, and a safety came in, and he blows up the fullback, yeah. and he gets at Cam's feet, so Cam can't yeah. get, like, he can't get going. Yeah. So he got tripped up, like, right away. Yeah. So that's what had happened. I thought it was just a great play by that safety, but I didn't mind the play call. Yeah, it was, it was fine. I mean, what are you going to do? It's a it's a tough position there, to be honest. But, um, but New England's probably looking a little better than expected, I think. Their passing um, offenses, which I also like, man, Seattle, like Russell Wilson is amazing. And I think Lockett and Metcalf are good. Yeah. Um, Chris Carson's a solid running back. Man, Seattle's defense. I mean, Jamal Adams is awesome. Bobby Wagner's getting old, and that Seattle defense is not looking very good. Hmm. They are not. I Like, Seattle's not. They're getting a lot of hype right now. And I think Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, I hope he wins an MVP this year. Yeah. But. They Seattle is not a Super Bowl level team, not unless all of a sudden someone on that defensive line emerges as a productive pass rusher. But they seem to always find somebody, like somebody in that Seattle defense just kind of comes out of nowhere and seems to step up. But we'll see. They're gonna need that. 
they will need that. But I think we're going to hit our break right now. We're about at the midpoint right here of the Right On Sports Podcast. We're going to come back. we got some high school football in the Coastal Bend, a big upset over the weekend, and 5A football returns this Friday night to Corpus Christi, Texas, and we're all excited about it here. We'll be right back right here on the Right On Sports Podcast. I'd like to take this minute to talk about RightOnCorpus.com. Right on Corpus is a lifestyle media company that creates fun in our city by promoting experiences that you guys will love. They are the people to turn to for advice on everything Coastal Bend. What fun shall you do today? Find out at RightOnCorpus.com. We are back. We are back. We are. We are. We're back again. Uh, I was trying to figure out where, where Melissa, Texas is. Oh. That would be an interesting name. Melissa, Texas. Woman, yeah. Melissa, Texas. Kind of sounds like a stripper name, to be honest. But okay, moving on. Here. <laughs> so, um, high school football. High, high school football. Um, Rockport upset Miller. Fascinating. Miller, um, yeah, they're out of the top ten now. Man, Maybe you're right about the, the turf situation out there in Rockport. You know, playing on grass, a little thick cut maybe, a little sloppy. Yeah, I mean, Rockport ran for like 350 yards. Wow. Um, and Miller, you, in the uh, during the break, during the commercial break, you had mentioned something about Miller being a turnover machine. Yeah, they um, – they, I thought they – I and I think – like I mentioned that, I'd saw, that they looked sloppy in their first couple of games, and I didn't really like that, but I thought, you know, they were playing inferior teams, so it's easy to lose your mental focus there. But I thought they looked sloppy against Rockport as well. And if that's going to be a theme for the Miller Bucks this year, then I think they're, they do have a ceiling. Like, they're not going to be as good as I think they're capable of being. And they have that whole games on YouTube, by the way. So yeah. we can go back and watch it over and over again. Yeah, we can study game film. <laughs> so do we want to break down the... Uh, you can. Right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You can. Um yeah, I was just trying to pull up the stats real quick. Uh, Here, I have something in front of me. Uh, La Vega fell to number four, which is surprising. They got handled by some team named Argyle. Who's now number one in the state. Yeah, Argyle. So so uh, back, Rockport ran for 375 yards. That's wild, man. That's not good. Um, that's not good, especially considering like Cal and a team that likes to run the ball. You know, being a little, like kind of creative with their rushing attack, doing yeah, yeah. Um, that's not good. Uh, that Rockport, who I don't believe is as talented as um, Cal Allen, especially not on the offensive line. Um, they don't have a running back like Earls. Um, Rockport running for three seventy five. That's not. Uh, that's not good. I mean, Rockport had over five hundred yards of total offense. That's crazy. That's and it, it had a freshman quarterback. Um, that like that's just not well. I don't think there was an expectation that Miller was ever going to have a decent defense though either. But they like they have to get into a. You can't uh, allow someone to run for three hundred seventy-five <laughs> yards. <laughs> can't expect to win. I mean, the fact that they lost by three is maybe you know a decent sign. But uh, yeah, letting up three hundred seventy-five yards of rushing is that's that shows. I don't know. I mean, that shows a lot, right? You're not scheming well, maybe, against it. Yeah, it's um, – so Miller – and I think we saw this a little bit last year. You saw it in both uh, veterans games where they get – like they're streaky offensively. Mm. So, like, they'll fall – like they fell behind in this game 28-14. to 14. Um, And then they come back and score 21 straight to, you know, lead 35-28. 
Um, they ultimately lost 41-44. But, and we saw it last year in a Vets game where they fell behind big against Veterans Memorial. In both Vets games, they fell behind early on and then just came storming back later in the game. Uh, where it's Miller, once they, are, once they get the ball rolling, they look really, really good. But they have they have to avoid the turnovers, and you can't you can't allow three hundred seventy five yards rushing. I mean, you just can't. You gotta be. You gotta figure out. Uh, I mean, discipline defensively. You gotta figure out just how to stop the running game. I mean, at some point, you just gotta figure out how to stop it because watching Kyle and the way like the way they like to run the ball. Now, Lavega is tough because when we watched them against Kyle Allen, they had their backup quarterback. So yeah. how, so how does La Vega's offense look with the starter in there? We don't know yet. Yeah, and my guess is that that guy wasn't playing this last week either because they lost thirty-five to seven. Right. So um, in Argyle, I mean, if they're Argyle's number one, they must have been. They were in the top. Yeah, I think they were been. in the top five before the game. Um, but I've you know I I've never even heard of Argyle, so that's kind of interesting, right? I mean, they're just come someone who's kind of coming up out of nowhere in a sense. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but I've also never heard of Melissa. So <laughs> yeah, Melissa, Texas. Um, Melissa, Texas. I am so I'm I'm start I'm worried about Miller, who's been my favorite in this uh, in this four A uh, region here in the Coastal Bend. Um, I'm worried about Miller because you can't let someone over three hundred seventy five yards. You can't turn the ball over. Um, I just don't like losing late leads. Um, yeah, and I like consistency, and Miller has not shown the consistency in execution and attention to detail yet. And it's still early in the year, so this is stuff you can work on. You want this to happen in September, you don't want it to happen in November. But you have, to, I think Miller has to. They they have to get their mind right going forward. They have to fi- they got to be have better attention to detail, and they got to figure out how to stop the run game because you're looking at a team in your district, Cal, and the power in that district that is going to run the ball down your throat um, until you do something about it. And so speaking of Cal Allen and Gregory Portland play this weekend. Yeah, I know you're excited. I know everyone. It's the battle of the Wildcats. This, um, this was the game everybody was worried about when it was, Oh, 4A starts early. Oh yeah. It starts later. It's like, Oh, how are GP and Cal Allen going to play? Well, they're playing. They've, they, yeah. And even when they, in years past and they screwed up the districts and took, took each other out, they figured out a way to play non-district. And, uh, I don't know how many years in a row. I don't know if they've ever missed one, but I mean, consistently probably like 40 or 50 years they've played and um they've always been pretty good games even if uh one team is completely superior than the other they've always been pretty good games that's just rivalries i remember going to these games as a middle schooler high schooler you know and it's uh yeah it's always been pretty solid my sons go to gp so this is the week we talk mad shit to each other just (laughs) kidding i don't talk mad shit to my sons do either of your sons play football? Maybe. No. No. Even though, like, one of them is a pretty big kid. You know, he's already, like, six foot. He's more into golf. And that's fine. So hey, I'm like, there's hey, a, there's a lot it, of money in golf. I'm telling you, man. You make it the PGA, I'm like, I'll be your caddy. There's he's a, like, no, nah, probably not, buddy. <laughs> there, there's a lot of money in golf. Um, yeah. But sponsorships. I'm very happy that GP Kyle and game is happening. Um, and then also, Vets and Miller at Buck Stadium this weekend. That'll be huge. That, I, think I'm a, I think I'll sneak into that game somehow. Yeah, and so I think I'll find my way in there. Football starts off Thursday here with Beville and Moody at Buck Stadium. Uh, I would expect Beville to handle business there against Moody. Yeah, and is um, this Beville's first game? 
It might be. I think that was it something is. that just dawned on me about. We were talking about with Alice. Yeah, Alice Al- hadn't played a game. Alice is going to play their first game this weekend as well. But I think it's. I believe it's Beville's first game. It's just wild. Yeah, it's really weird. But I mean, I guess it doesn't matter in the grand scheme when it comes to district play. But still, the kids aren't getting an opportunity to to get warm to. But I think if you're Port Lavaca, Callen, or Miller, like they've had all three of those teams now have had bad performances. Yeah, and they um, have a chance to work out their kinks. Yeah, they have a chance to get a, you know chance to correct to correct those things. Um, whereas if you're Alice or if you're Beville, you're playing one or two games for district play, which I guess is normal. But usually in the summer, you're having summer you're having like summer training programs. You're having workouts. You're doing, you know, there's only so much you can do, but you're always doing stuff in the summer. Whereas this year you couldn't, so I think that's why you're seeing maybe some more sloppiness than usual at the high school level. And so interestingly enough, too, is Port Lavaca. They're the number five team in 4A and 4A Division One. They're playing Houston second Baptist this weekend. Not first Baptist, but second Baptist. And so I'll be curious if that game goes, though. I mean, you, you can't drive into the city of Houston right now. I mean, it may be certain areas, is it right? So, but is it supposed to be in Houston? It's, it says at Houston second Baptist, so I'm going to assume. Oh, man. And it even has a 6 o'clock start time, which is really weird, too. So, yeah. But, I, I, you know, I'm just curious if that game goes. So there's so many things affecting play on the field. Um, Bernie Champion playing at Victoria West. Yikes. I don't know. Bernie Champion's always pretty good. Um, I would expect a blowout there, but uh, Flower Bluff, Rockport, that'll be a yeah, big one Flower, too. Flower Bluff, Rockport's the other big one. That one, I wish I was in a bluff. That one's in Rockport though. Bluff's my area, man. I could. Yeah, you could get over there possibly. Get over there pretty quickly. Um, but I think Vets and Miller is the Vets and Miller is probably. I mean, those those are three really good games. Like, there's, yeah, there's I think Vets and Miller is the game of the weekend because of what happened last season. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, GP Callen, great rivalry game. It's been a staple here in in the Coastal Bend. For decades now, uh, Flower Bluff and Rockport. You know, Rockport kind of the emerging power. Flower Bluff's been good for a pretty long time now. Mm-hmm. And then you know, Vets and it's going to be their first game of the year. Yeah, it's going to be Flower Bluff's first game of the year. Flower Bluff though, they're usually very well. I think Flower Bluff will come out and they're going to be. Uh, Man, they're a well coached team. They, they I and think their coach out there is awesome. I can't think of his name right now, but uh, super super dude. Um, but I think Flower Bluff will come out. I think they'll look like a team that's played three or four games already. So I was so this is what I want to say. Also, I was impressed with Rockport because they have a freshman quarterback. They're playing Miller, who um, really really good team. I think the more talented team. Um, but and Rockport had not played in three weeks and didn't look that way at all. They looked good. So I was impressed with that that they were able to come back after not playing. You know, having the COVID test results and not being able to play for a couple of weeks. Come back and play Miller, who's a really good team, and beat them. I, I, I'm impressed with that. Um, although we'll see, there might be an emotional letdown. <laughs> I guess. Uh, well, and the Hornets are going to be fired up. You know, their first game of the year. Yeah. So we'll we'll definitely see, and and maybe we'll get hold of our friend and uh, friend of the family and show Lynn Hayward to uh, give us some some updates or some tidbits on high school football this next week too. After all these big games played, I know we have our studio set up now. I'm comfortable having guests here again. The studio is legit. Yeah. And we even always have we have kind of a pseudo guest in a sense, always staring down on us here at the end of the Yeah, table. we're not gonna talk about that. Um you might see an appearance uh, sometime. You go check the Facebook page. Yeah, maybe it'll be like a where's Waldo type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> does but, it does this thing have a name, by the way? No, it doesn't. 
All right, we're gonna have to talk to Russell about that. We'll talk to. That's a Russell decision. Yeah, he's Russell's not here, not today, here so. so fire Russell. Yeah, fire Russell. Maybe you should have thought about that. Yeah, so maybe we'll have to name her then. Her, I said her. Dang it! Now we gave something away. I know. Did we just assume that thing's gender? Oh, ah, uh, Jason, the bad guy. So, do you want to know where Melissa Texas is? Where is Melissa Texas? Northeast of Dallas, so like north of McKinney. Going towards Oklahoma. Oh, so it's like right. It's like yeah. Texas, Oklahoma. Yeah, and it's and it's <laughs> out there a little way. So you know how like Dallas, all these bedroom communities keep growing outside of Dallas. Like, yeah, I mean, Allen was nothing, and now Allen's like this huge legit. Place, look at Ali- Look at Alito. Yeah, like all these towns, and now maybe Melissa is one of these. But I couldn't imagine like moving further and further out of that area. Um, the further away you are from Dallas and Cowboy fans, I think the <laughs> well, better off yeah, you it are. Yeah, a good thing. But if you, <laughs> you want to be there, it would be really weird, man, just going that further and further out and these, these communities keep growing. But they create these football hotbeds. I remember when Cal Allen made the uh, state title the first time they played um, Hebron. I think it's Hebron or Hebron or something like that. And they were in the, the uh, Fort Worth area. These guys, they, they averaged like 6'5 on the line. You know, and, and mm-hmm. they were like a 3A team the year before, and they were 4A, 5A, whatever. You know, they were just like immensely growing. And so I think that's what creates some of those hotbeds in that DFW area. Yeah. Well, it's funny because in, in Dallas, it's all the schools outside of the Metroplex mm-hmm. yeah. that are really good. Whereas in Houston, it's teams, you know, closer to the city. Yeah. That are in, good. in Dallas, I think, kind of used to be opposite because like Highland Park, you know, they, but they're money. But then you had Dallas Carter. Who was really good in the like '80s and '90s, I think, and they were inner city, but it's really changed because people yeah. are moving outside of the city. Yeah, now it, you know it's Alito and Duncanville, and then That's your people really, who really don't good. have kids move into the city. Yeah, so they can uh, you know be yuppies and stuff or whatever. <laughs> so that's where Melissa Texas is, in case you guys ever wanted so, to know. Melissa Texas. Um, speaking of Texas and sports, and there's baseball and the Astros and letdowns and letdowns. Um, Painful. Painful yeah, so I I think we're on the same page here. Uh, I think they're <laughs> gonna lose to the A's twice in a wild card round, <sighs> assuming they make the playoffs, which I think they do. I mean, unless something really, there's only like a few games left, right? We're at like fifty. Yeah, that, they have games. they finish off series against the Mariners today, and I think they play the Arlington Rangers. Yeah, we got five over games the weekend. Left. Oh, so we someone, have five. I thought we had four. Well, we play sixty, right? Yeah, here. I let's think see. We played fifty-five. Um, okay, yeah, five games left because we have four against the Rangers. Someone pointed out on Twitter the other day that we might have saw George Springer play his last game in Houston. Yeah, the other day. he hit two home runs, and his, if that was his yeah, last and that game. was awesome. That was George Springer, and that's why I, if he goes anywhere else, I'll be I'll be pretty damn sad. Honestly, he would be like to me that would be the equivalent of if Jeff Bagwell had gone somewhere else, you know, or Craig Biggio. That would be the equivalent to me, mm-hmm. and I think it would be painful. Biggio probably was cry. Always, Biggio was always my guy. And I've never even met Growing George Springer. Up. He doesn't know me at all, and I'll still cry for him. You'll cry. The The Astros jersey I have is a George Springer jersey. I have one, too. Cause I cause to I, do Jersey Day one day. Because he was, he was a guy who I thought would stay. He I thought he'd be an Astro for life. I'm not as confident about that now. Well, and, and, and again, back in the, uh, the pre-show, we were talking about a little bit of that pressure that's on these players. And I'm wondering if that affects them wanting to stay. I'm wondering if that affects free agency in the future. Because, I mean, you've got a lot of uh, bad press, tons of it. 
And if it's, if, even if it's not the press, which usually it is, but you got fans constantly going in. And again, thank God they haven't had to play in front of fans this season because they would hear it, heard it all year long. I mean, even on Instagram, I unfortunately have a hashtag I follow that's Houston Astros. Mm-hmm. And man, I get so much stuff in my feed that's just hate. There's accounts called Beam the Astros. There's actually one called Beam the Astros too. And every time that guy posts, I just make fun of him because he can't spell. Um, but it's 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 constant. And so I think that's affected your Jose Altuve. I think that's affected Alex Bregman. Um, and then again, I mean, we're about 60 games in, so they should be warmed up. You know, they should mm-hmm. be in their groove at this point. Altuve's hitting like 218, somewhere around there. I mean, it's horrendous. And so you don't have an opportunity to play down the cheating scandal whenever you look so poorly right now. Right. We know as smart, intelligent people born in the great city of Houston that well, you were born in Houston too, right? Yeah. I just want to get that right because I know you live yes. in McAllen too. Yeah. You've been all over the map. But I have been. I've lived everywhere except North Texas. I haven't yet to live in North Texas. So I decided to back up that statement, though, yeah. that all smart yeah. people come from the Bayou City. Exactly. But we know that the cheating only happened in that time frame, you know, with the trash can. We right. know that players are always stealing signs. We know that teams were stealing signs electronically, like in the moment they had an electronic scoreboard. Mm-hmm. I've, I've read about these things, that you had managers who had a board operator clicking lights, you know, certain lights on the uh, yeah. on the board. So this isn't the first time this has ever happened, but it's the first time that you've had so many morons have access to the internet at <laughs> once, <laughs> and but they get to talk crap constantly. And so, but I, I think the players see that they probably stay off as much as possible. But I've seen uh, uh, Josh Reddick's wife, Jet. Her yeah, Jet. she's out. She's yeah. pretty active. And and Colin McHugh's wife, who you know, obviously Colin's not here anymore, yeah. but she's active and she protects the realm still too. And they get in these battles. Um, Carlos's wife. I mean, she's always talking. Daniela. Yeah. She's always talking, and you know these these people with like no I don't know what you call it, they're no scruples or something like that. They'll just they'll go after the wives. And oh yeah, they, they just it's, it's I never gross. understood going after the wives. It's That's, gross. Yeah, um, they're people who are they're they're living in a basement or something, or they're <laughs> you know I don't know maybe maybe they're in their forties and they try to play video games for a living. Who's who's to say? But it's really gross. But I, again, though, I think that pressure is really mounted up and. I just really believe that's part of the issue here, and I'm I'm just ready for this season to be done, man. They're 20 and eight at home, same record as the A's, but they're eight and 19 on the road. Um, the only ones who are worse on the road are those hapless Rangers. <laughs> so, I mean, dear God, man, they're they're six and 14 against teams above 500. It's just not and a good that, look. That's why I have no hope. Yeah. For it's what well, I said about the Cowboys earlier, where it's they beat the bad teams and you know they lose to the good teams. I mean that's been Houston this year. I mean they play the Mariners, they play the Rangers, you know they play the San Francisco Giants or the Rockies. They look awesome. Yeah. Or they play the Dodgers or the A's. Look at you know the Padres. I mean we can't buy a win against those guys. I think yeah. against those three teams, I think we have combined three wins. This yeah, year. and I was say like yeah, so the majority of the wins have came come from the. Uh, yeah, the from the bottom know, of the, the barrel. Dogs. Yeah, yeah, and that's 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 not good, man. I mean, we have the same record as the bottom uh, of the barrel Miami at Marlins. <laughs> bottom of the barrel at home, where we're not going to play home games in the postseason, which doesn't make because, sense. Because, <laughs> well, it, it doesn't make sense to not to like have such a big difference home and road this year because there's no fans. No fans. Like uh, the only thing that's different is the ballpark dimensions. The thing, the only I thing mean, I guess you're in a hotel. That, like, you're in a hotel. Like, that's different. But still, like... Maybe some guys worry about going on the road in the, in the COVID. I mean, maybe some guys actually do. Maybe that gets to them a little bit. 
while you see a team like Tampa, who's really good away, um, you know, they're a little bit of a younger team. You know, you know, younger guys. You guys, yeah. don't, you guys don't care about the COVID. You know, you're out there having COVID that, parties and stuff. And uh, I wouldn't say I'm out there having COVID <laughs> parties, but, but so maybe it's that's I mean, a little different. Like, you know, you mentioned Tampa. They're almost identical home and road. Uh, the White Sox, White Sox are identical yeah. home and road. Indians are actually better on the road. Um, I mean, it's well, it's because they want to get out of Cleveland too. I mean, Cleveland sucks. Who so. doesn't want to get out of Cleveland? Yeah. Actually, I'm looking at it. Most the Dodgers are actually better on the road, um, but most teams are actually have actually been. So that's weird. The Marlins are actually way better on the road, believe it or not. Yeah, and that actually is surprising because Miami. I mean, you'd, you 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 want to be in Miami, but you're not getting to play in front of those fans. Yeah. Um, what Marlin fans? <laughs> what fans? Young ladies. Yeah. Coming to the games, um, taking selfies, but, trying to meet a player. But no, it's um. I'm 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 kind of confused as to why the home road is such a big thing for the Astros this year. Because it's one thing if you're like, uh, let's pull a team out, the Detroit Tigers, for example. They're 12 and 15 at home, 10 and 16 on the road. You know, that pretty similar. Mm-hmm. You know, then but the Astros 20 and 8 to 8 and 19. Like, what is going on? It's bizarre, man. Like, and why? I just you got a lame duck manager who I I think, despite the fact they gave him that extension, I don't think he's back next year. I think they're going to look for someone else. I think you have to. He, you yeah, he's not a good manager. He, I mean, and he's we love Dusty Baker as a as guy, a person. Yeah, yeah. But as a manager, he's this is who he is, and he's he's way past that prime. I we've talked about it before, not to beat that dead horse, but he was brought in to try to manage a very precarious situation. I don't think he's done a good job with it. I think the players are pretty much checked out. We lost JV. We lost Justin Verlander to Tommy John, which means we probably never see him never as an see Astro him again. Because I mean, you're not giving that guy thirty million dollars to come back after Tommy John, not at thirty, what 36, 37. Yeah, like he's. Like, I don't he'll think be thirty eight by the time he recovers. I'll just, I'll just damn Verlander if he becomes a Yankee, though. I don't they would throw the money at him. The Yankees throw money at anybody that can breathe. So, well, he'll, is he still going to be able to pitch at a high level though? Who's to say though? I mean, Thir- you know, thirty-eight coming off of Tommy John. Yeah, I don't think he'll pitch the same way. It's like look at Adam Wainwright. He's had to reconfigure his style, and he's still good. He's not great. He's but not Wainwright, Adam Wainwright was never a velocity guy though. Yeah, Verlander. You know, he he needed to be able to throw ninety-six, ninety-seven. It's true, and he like, still was even, getting even like, bombed with homers. Yeah, even like he used to throw like high nineties. You know, yeah. early in his career. Now with the Astros, he's throwing more mid nineties, but he's doing other stuff well. Yeah. But that is like the older version of Verlander. Is okay. I've lost two, three miles an hour on my fastball. Let me throw more breaking balls. Let me throw more sliders. You know, he's not going to reinvent himself like a Zach Greinke. I don't think he. I don't think he can. Yeah. Not at this. Not at thirty eight. Not but coming off. If Tommy you were John. JV, would you just retire? I mean, you got a smoking hot wife. You have a young child. I mean, at home. if I was tons yes, of money. Yes, if I had. Three hundred million dollars in the bank. I'd never work again. I would uh, be living on an island. Uh, yeah, I, I would own. never. I would never do anything. And they'd lease it out to others just to come and see me and my hot wife. I'd be, you know, I'd probably buy a house in Malibu and look at my supermodel. No, but like, yeah, if I was Justin Verlander, I would probably. I think there's a chance. 
I mean, there's a chance. Yeah, he's, he's cerebral, and the, I think the that thing. The thing is also with Verlander, he has time to figure this out. Yeah, like he because his contract doesn't expire until next year, so he's going to get paid for next year as well. So he does have crazy, right? Yeah, guaranteed money in baseball. Baby. I know best, best players association ever. Yeah, uh, but I, but he he doesn't have to make the decision quickly. He can I hope he pitches again? Again, yeah. I'm, with, I'm with you, not for the Yankees. Uh, not sure I want to see him with Houston either. I want Houston to, you know, I want to see Forrest Whitley pitch. Uh, Granky's still got a few years left on the deal. Hopefully McCullers can get back. Framber Valdez has been encouraging this season. Um, Urquidy. yeah. So I'm excited to see what these what this young crop can do. Um, but have I, you heard about the biggest sporting event of the weekend? No. UFC 253, <laughs> baby. Once Great. again, once again, yeah. you're invited. I think I might invite you to my house. Oh, really? Yeah, I think if if and and yeah, I think I might. Okay, you come out with some beer. Yeah. Wait, let's not talk about uh, sins on the air. <laughs> We've. Oh man. Um, but, <laughs> no comment. But, but uh, uh, yeah, no, I was thinking about that. And so, if you want to come out and then maybe wrestle, and I might see if another couple of buddies might want to come to you. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, let's do it. So, so this is regardless. This, this is the uh, so it's give you a little preview. It's uh, Israel Adesanya, the middleweight champion of the world, versus Paulo Costa, the challenger. Uh, both undefeated. Um, only the second time in UFC history that two undefeated fighters have fought for for a belt. Really? Well, think about MMA. Like with how many mm-hmm. styles there are. Yeah, you're bound to run into somebody that is just really good at what you're not good at and beat you mm-hmm. at some point. But both these guys are real. They're very, they're both strikers. Like neither of them are grapplers. They're both strikers, but they're very, very different strikers. Adesanya is the artist. He is like, uh, you can compare him even to Zach Greinke, where he's doesn't have a ton of power. You know, he doesn't throw. You know, Greinke doesn't throw high velocity, but Greinke paints the corners. Adesanya very technical, very. You know, he's gonna touch. He's gonna touch you up. He's gonna throw weird, crazy kicks. He's very unpredictable. Whereas Paulo Costa is Nolan Ryan. He is going to walk you down, get you against the fence, and throw bombs at you. And it and Costa, I'm gonna show you a picture of Costa. He is an absolutely terrifying human being. Well, and I see this is gonna be a fight island too. Yeah, it's gonna be a fight Yay. island. I can finally see Fight Island. So it it's not as In cool the UAE. as UAE. Not as cool as you would think it is. Was the other fight island at UAE? In yeah, the UAE? it's in. It's the, always been in the UAE. Yeah. Well, that's good, man. God, nobody wants to go to. So the here, desert, here's Paulo Costa. Ah, he looks weak. He, oh, you think so? Yeah, he looks tubby. He should work out. Yeah, he should. I guess you have to wait. Do you even work out, bro? Yeah. So he was actually he a body. Lift. He was a bodybuilder before he uh, became a UFC fighter. So, and you were saying about him, so like he is a power. He's he, got plenty of power, so he lives off of that. He, so he, but he is, he's not. He comes after you. He walks you down, but he's not stupid. Um, he doesn't just like swing for defenses the entire time. He's not like throwing straight power the entire time. What what I like that he does, he throws to the body a lot. And Adesanya, he's long, like he's six foot four, you know, very very long and lanky, but he is skinny. So I'm curious. Yeah, Eighty to inch see, reach. Like he, I'm curious to see how Adesanya because here's the thing I'm so intrigued with this fight and the sports books are split some sports books have Adesanya a slight favorite some have Costa a slight favorite um I'm very curious to see how Adesanya reacts after Paulo Costa kicks him in the ribs a couple of times because Paulo like he has just killed people with body shots 
And Adesanya does not have the thickest body. Like, yeah, and I'm sitting here reading like their average fight time, uh, the the KO ratio, and you know things based off decision. Yeah. And, and it looks like so Costa, he's only had one fight go to the decision. I think. Yeah, like he wins by domination apparently. Yeah, I mean Adesanya does. Like Adesanya's had both guys have had one fight that was close. Um, for Paulo Costa, it was in 2019 against Joel Romero. Um, who is another? I'm gonna pull a picture of Yoel Romero for you. Yoel Romero is an absolute freak of nature. Um, but so he had tw- he had 2019 against Yoel Romero. The Yoel Romero. Sorry for our listening audience. They can look him up. You know they want to. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he needs to work out too. Yeah. So a physical freak. But Paul Costa went the distance with him. Every other fight has lasted under eight and a half minutes. He wow. and in Adesanya, he had one fight against Kelvin Gastelum. Who I would say is the guy that Adesanya has fought that most similarly mimics Costa. Like that's the most similar to Costa guy that he's fought in the UFC. And Gaslam gave him a lot of problems. Now Adesanya, that's where he became a star because he was able to, you know, for a guy that that's skilled and that technical, he had to reach deep into his gas tank and really, you know, he showed a lot of heart in that fight, like that championship heart to be able to go and win that fight that people weren't sure if he had until that fight. And I think. If he's going to win this fight, he's going to have to do that again against uh, Paulo Costa because Paulo Costa will not will not stop walking him down, and Paulo Costa can take a punch. So, I mean, Adesanya is going to hit him a lot more, but Costa is going to land a lot bigger shots. So I'm very curious to see how this fight plays out because I think if Costa wins, he's going to have to knock Adesanya out. Um, I think Adesanya could win by decision, but I'm not sure Adesanya could stand in there for – 25 minutes and take the punches that Paulo Costa is going to throw at him. So I'm very curious about this fight. Do you compare him a little bit to like a Mayweather Jr. type where he's playing a lot of uh, defense? Um... No, because Adesanya has a very creative offensive attack. Okay. He is a very, he, he just doesn't have a ton of power, but he is, you know, he said this in one of his press conferences. I don't, I don't have power. I have precision. Um, and, and that's very true of him. He is a, ve- he's a very creative striker. He's very unpredictable. Guys get, when they get in the octagon with him, they're almost a little mesmerized about the stuff he can throw. Like he's so he's so hard to figure out. Whereas Costa is very, I'm just gonna. He wants to walk you down, put you against the fence, and fight you in a phone booth. Um, so I'm very curious to see how this plays out because I'm not sure how many punches can Costa take from Adesanya because he's gonna take a lot of punches. How how many shots can he take? And for Adesanya. Can he keep Costa off of him? Can't because Costa's just going to keep coming after him. Can he keep Costa away from him? So I'm super intrigued with this fight and the light heavyweight championship uh, that John Jones vacated is going to be a- awarded in this pay per view. What's going on with that guy? Uh, is he, is he, he getting a comeback? He, or? He's going to fight at heavyweight. Okay. He was light heavyweight champion forever. Um, best fighter in UFC history, in my opinion. Um, when is he? When is he getting back in? I mean, uh, that's all I we care don't. About. We don't know yet. Okay, so it's kind of it's it's tedious still maybe yeah we don't really know when he's gonna come back yet so is dana white dana, no dana white has said like he's like and okay. john jones has said so he's coming up to him now he, yeah it's really up to john jones okay uh but dominic reyes the last guy john jones beat um who that was a very very close fight i was actually at that fight it was in houston um well i'll be yeah that was and it was a very good fight very close fight uh some people thought reyes won the fight i thought jones won it the judges gave it to jones but it was a very close fight um then fighting Jan Blahovich, who would have been next in line to challenge Jones for the title. 
Um, so you have the last guy that John beat versus the guy that would have been next to lose to John Jones fighting for the light heavyweight title. So when I was trying to remember Floyd Mayweather Jr.'s name for some reason, it was escaping me. I looked up like the top 30 boxers of all time because I knew he'd be somewhere on the list, right? Yeah. I'm going down this list and I see this guy named Ted Lewis. You ever heard of Ted Lewis? No. Me neither. But he's a, he's a Hall of Fame boxer, apparently, right? And he was uh, he was British. And this is like 50s or something. Okay. And and for you guys listening, I want you to look this up too. Go look up Ted Lewis, boxer. Look him like 1950s. Look at this guy's knuckles. See his index finger knuckles. Oh dear lord, that's crazy. That's right? not natural. I wonder if he was he was bare knuckle fighter. I bet that's not natural. Some, sometime that's, that's, that's no, so weird. that's weird. So his knuckles. Just go look it up. I don't want to ruin it for you guys, but go look <laughs> it up. It'll be the most impressive thing you've seen in a long the, time. I, yeah, I don't. You're gonna go wow. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's from that, a lot of fighting, but his record. Guy. 173, 30, and 14. So he fought he in over 200, 200 fights. 200-something fights? So you think that's crazy. You go down this list a little further. Uh, for one, I don't even see Mike Tyson on this list as, like, top. This is a top 30. Uh, Tommy, Tommy, Tony Canzaneri. Tony Canzaneri, he's number 30. Boxing would be hard because boxing's, boxing's been around so for so long. Yeah. And where they rate the number one boxer of all time, Sugar Ray Robinson. Who also fought right about two hundred uh, bouts one one seventy three nineteen six. So, 19, so uh, no one, I know nobody in UFC history who has fought over two hundred bouts. But I don't um, think you could. Yeah, you can. You'd be brain dead, probably. Yeah. Um. But so I'm so Paulo Costa before he became a UFC fighter, he was a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. If you believe that by looking at him, you know you yeah, said he's, he, he's so fat. Yeah, you said he needed guy, to work. He obviously has like. Four percent fat, and he probably needs to really lower that. Yeah, yeah, no, he needs to really get that down to like one and a half. Actually, the other guy, Adesanya. I mean, Adesanya's cut up. Like he's he's, he's, he's just pudgy. he's just yeah, he he's just he needs a little to get to it. Yeah, um, ass. But so Adesanya, so Paulo Costa was a bodybuilder from here. What's that? So I can say that from here. Yeah, uh, say that Paulo Costa's yeah. face. See how see who, what would happen there. Who are those guys on uh, right on sports that were talking shit about me? I'm gonna go find them. Hey, Paulo Costa. Costa, Adesanya, I love you guys. Uh, y'all are two of my favorite fighters. Uh, <laughs> we just need to have you guys on as guests. So kick, if you ever hear this, kick. Israel Adesanya yeah, just... would be a great podcast guest. He is a great, he is a great speaker. Yeah. Um. But so Costa, I was saying he was a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. Adesanya was a kickboxer. He's had like almost, oh, yeah. he's had like ninety kickboxing fights in yeah, his career before, like professional kickboxing fights before he got to the UFC. I want to say, and being from Nigeria, and then, you know, I mean, honestly, they probably have to fight a lot. To get notoriety and even get so he so he's a Nigerian national, but he's actually from New Zealand. Weird. Yeah, it's a long and way so to he, he has the New Zealand accent in his voice. Cool. Like he has a New Zealand accent. That's in his that's voice. like one of my top five countries to ever live in, besides the United States. Yeah. So so he so he's got, and he that's, he trains out in New Zealand with a gym called City Kickboxing, which is they their gym just breeds like creative strikers, like guys. From City Kickboxing are really fun fighters to watch. There's another guy on this co- on this card, Kai Kara France, who really an entertaining guy to watch. I'm looking forward to his fight as well. Um, but yeah, it's a big big UFC weekend. All right, well I'm, I'm gonna accept the invitation to yeah, let's ca- do that. Casa de Casera Saturday night. Yeah, I've got a new setup. I got to try out anyway. Oh, do you? Yeah. Do you need an extra TV for the setup? No, I got like a 70 inch. Okay. So it'll it'll. Yeah, so it'll be I, big and bold. So yeah, and there's a we got college football. We're not watching the Astros on Saturday night. No, anyway, we're not. So. Um, we got college football on Saturday. Texas plays Texas Tech. The SEC returns. Uh, LSU and Mississippi State's a CBS game on I Saturday. I hope they all play because after that Baylor and Houston debacle, um, 
The SEC That's concerning. Is, the SEC has been on top of things. Like the SEC is like, we're gonna play football no matter what, yeah. boys. You poison our trees, you do whatever you want. We're gonna play. Yeah. <laughs> There's um, no bullshitting. Yeah, no, the SEC they is playing play. football. Um, but Texas, Texas Tech. There's nothing else to do down there, man. No, it's the South. What would you do? What, what are you gonna you do? do? Take college football away. Depression will walk. I can't talk. <laughs> rise. It will rise. You say that three times fast. Um, oh man. But but <laughs> they really have nothing. So that ruined the joke. Yeah, no. Killer. But I am. Um, I'm excited for sports this weekend. Yeah, sure. We get uh, college football. The SEC and the Big Twelve are coming back, playing conference games. We got big UFC 253. We uh, this weekend, and we got NFL Week Three coming up. Very exciting sports weekend, and the baseball playoffs get decided this weekend. And so, Ted Lewis's knuckles. Don't forget Ted, Ted Lewis's, Lewis's knuckles. knuckles. Reese, yeah, he. It is. It doesn't look correct. Um, <laughs> it looks wrong. It's British man. Oh yeah, and then in Coastal Bend, we got three great high school football matchups. Absolutely. And we got NBA Conference Finals. Like. What a sports and weekend. And we haven't even talked NBA. Yeah, we because did. Because we don't want to. We but, don't, you know. Well, I mean. I don't have a dog in that fight at all. Anymore, so I so. had some money on the Nuggets last night, so I was pleased. Oh, with, yeah, they won last night, right? They did. So it's 2-1 now? 2-1. Okay. And then Heat Celtics played at night. The Heat are up 2-1 See, in that series. I don't series. care about that at all either. That's actually been a fun series. Like, So I'm just like a basketball junkie, so yeah, I'm yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. But I understand that. You're not super into it. And I think then, your average fan, I'd, I'd probably be an average NBA fan. Right. And the Lakers. Unless you're a LeBron, unless you're a LeBron guy, you're probably yeah. not super into what's left of the I'd NBA. rather watch Anthony Davis play and against the uh, who is it? Jokic. Rivers guys. Yeah, and and see oh, that I, matchup. I love Nikola Jokic. After that, it's it's so play, funny watching those guys match up. I, but a Lakers and Boston series obviously is intriguing. That's that you know, will bring NBA in history. That will bring in yeah. If you get a matchup besides now, if you get Lakers Heat, because LeBron used to play for the Heat, yeah, that would reel people in. Yeah, I think, man, if you're Adam Silver, you are gonna make sure the Lakers get in the finals. That's what I'm saying. So, it is what it is. The Rockets still need a head coach. However, that turns out, who knows? Will it matter? We'll see. But next week when we get back here, we'll definitely recap the high school scene. A little bit of college football, I'm sure, and uh, we'll be, yeah, we'll be starting the Major League Baseball. Yeah, playoffs, so. the next time we record, it will be day one of the Major League playoffs. Who's that? <laughs> Who's that? Yeah, so right. it, I mean, great sports weekend though. I'm looking forward to it. Make sure to no, don't move from your couch this weekend. I won't. Um, we have a great, what a great sports weekend we have coming up. Even like our our Texas teams, we got. Houston playing Pittsburgh, Dallas playing Seattle. Those are two intriguing matchups. Getting back into the routine. Yeah, it's, the fall yeah, routine. we are we are going here. This is a good. Things are looking up. Things are looking up. They're looking better than Ted Lewis's knuckles. I'll say again. All right, research Ted Lewis's knuckles. This has been the Right on Sports podcast. Watch them sports this weekend. You don't worry about the kids. Don't worry about the wife. Just stay on the couch. Keep the TV on. Have some food with you and tune into a great sports weekend we have. All right, I've been Gabe Myers with Jason Casera. Thank you for turning tuning in, not turning tuning in to the Right on Sports podcast. Uh, Jason, they, they should hit that subscribe button, shouldn't they? Yeah, don't forget to subscribe and then five star it. You get a five star. Yeah, too. get get some five star reviews for us. Um, follow us on Facebook at Right On or uh, on Instagram at Right On underscore Sports and on Facebook the Right On Sports page. Um, all right, um, we will see y'all next week. Bye. Adios.